Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit, period, responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Now joining, that. what the <laughs> fuck did you just say? I don't know. Something just popped up, Sid. I mean, I got to click. Got it. You're ruining my podcast, you dick. <laughs> don't mind him, please. It's fine. <laughs> joining the podcast, if I'm allowed to speak now, is my good friend Buster Cherry, and joining us, his friend, his girlfriend. I don't know if you're married. I didn't ask. A dispatcher, Angelica. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good. Excited. Oh, wait a minute. That's not a room. Excited. Sorry. Quit making right. me edit right. shit, okay? I'm already I'm Get already your start. shit together. Oh, Take a deep start. breath. I told Fucking you. amateur hour here. I was getting dirty already. So this uh, I didn't really intend this because I didn't think about this, but I I'm pretty damn sure this is the first time that we've had a cop and a dispatcher on the podcast at the same exact time. So this is a big moment in poorly made history. I want you guys to know that. All right. That's pretty awesome. First time for everything. No pressure. No pressure at all. (laughs) Now, for all I know, there could have been dispatchers in the background while this was going on. I've heard some strange noises, so I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. We're always in the background, right? We're that voice, that calm voice. And then, okay, I'll stop. Oh, please stop. <laughs> Gag me with a pitchfork. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who said that to me? I think it was fucking 10 8 send that to me. And I was like, Gag me with a pitchfork. Um, <laughs> but enough about that. Let's talk about you guys. First of all, we need to know what are you drinking tonight? Bush light. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! And I sent my uh my co my co pilot over here to get me some real booze, but she wouldn't do it for me. 
Um, and I'm glad this is recorded that you just said Bush Light was not real booze because no, like the hard stuff. Oh, but because you she would not do that for me. I get your own beer. Be a man. The five stores. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. But yes, Bush Light. Angelica, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, this is a sad state of events because I've drank just about everything in this house, so I'm not <laughs> sure I got anything left. So I'm going to share some bush light for now, but no, usually not. I like um, um, <laughs> what's my peanut butter whiskey? Oh, yeah, don't no the screwball, fuck that shit. Yeah, so gross. I, it's better than dough ball. It's not as good as pickle dick. Pickle. You're fucking give your balls a tug, you tit fucker. <laughs> Everyone knows pickle dick is god awful. I've never had it. I saw it, but oh. I I couldn't pull the trigger because it just sounded god awful. Mm. Did you try Doughball though? Are you talking yeah. shit without trying that? It's good. I loved it. Um, it was we had it on Thanksgiving. No, when uh, a a Christmas party, and I basically was giving everybody shots, and it's okay. I like Screwball just because it is a little sweeter. So um, I think Doughball was a little. A little harsher, but okay. Either way, I'll be drunk on New Year's, so that was I passed out before the ball <laughs> went down. That's what she said. I I <laughs> I can't talk about New Year's. I I'm probably still hungover from New Year's, and I am sadly <laughs> doing this one sober. Um, I don't know why. I've kind of decided to do a dry January. We'll we'll see. I think last year I went until St. Patrick's Day and got fucked on the podcast for St. Patrick's Day. I might do the same thing again. It might be like a tradition. You know, mm-hmm. start the year out with hope that I'm going to actually lose weight and then finish the year off just as fat as I was when I started. <laughs> you sound like my mom. <laughs> what the fuck? How dare you? She was just talking about that. She's like, you know, uh, I stopped drinking Monday through Friday just because I noticed my stomach was getting bigger, but I still drink on the weekend. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, that sounds like an alcoholic, but I'm not, not, I don't judge. I only drink on the weekend. An alcoholic shakes at like 7 (laughs) a.m. Did you guys see the meme that was going around for a while where it was, um, I'm so excited to drink. I'm literally shaking. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I laughed so fucking hard. It was one of the big pages, like Shithead Steve or one of those dudes shared it. It's, it was, I fucking was rolling. Can I tell a story about Doughball before we talk about you guys? Because nobody cares about you guys. Can I tell a story about Because this podcast all about you, I forgot. God, I'm so... I admitted that the other day, kind of, that I have a problem that I need to stop, like, one-upping stories. A lot of people have that habit. And I've realized and reflected that I do that a little bit. So I'm going to try to stop doing that. I just want to add to the discussion. I'm trying to be helpful. Nobody's called me out on it, by the way. It's just I figured that out on my own. So I'm going to try and be better, you assholes. But I'm going to one-up you on this one. So Doughball, I decided that I should, because I liked it so much, try and get like a sponsorship through them, right? And I don't know how any of that works with, you know, like alcohol. I don't know if there's weird rules. But I uh, I messaged them on Instagram because that was the best I could figure to do because I'm an idiot. And I said something to the store. It's like, hey, I love the whiskey. I have a podcast. I'd you know, love to be a sponsor or whatever. What are you doing? And they said something along the lines like, we're not looking for influencers right now. But, you know, we may look into them in the future or something like that, which is pretty much like, no. Yeah. I sent them the meme of the Harry from or no, it's Lloyd. From Dumb and Dumber, 
saying, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and they re- they thought it was funny. So I think I might help myself out. So maybe someday I will be repping them. I don't know. Though. We'll see. Well, good One luck. can hope. <laughs> good luck. My fingers are crossed for you. Thank you for believing in me. Mm-hmm. Now, Always. enough about me. Let's talk about you guys a little bit. So, um, Buster. Yes. Or Bustin. Bustin? Is it Bustin? Did I fuck it up Uh, already? uh, Yeah, it's Buster. Because Bustin isn't a real name. But Buster Uh, is. Okay, Mm -hmm. got it. So, Buster Cherries. (laughs) Plural, you hear that? That's a first. (laughs) Why did you get into law enforcement? Um, it was kind of random, I guess. So I went through high school and everything wanting to opening, wanting, wanting to open my own kind of extreme sports store because I was into snowboarding, surfing, all that kind of stuff. And then went to college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Snowboarding is for losers. Colorado, man. Um, (laughs) um, Went to college for business business management. Absolutely fucking hated it. I sucked at it. Um, so I dropped out of that. And my buddy was like, hey, take a criminal justice course. So I did. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I'm, the customer is not always right. And I can yell at people because people suck. So I, I got into law enforcement and worked at security. Got a part-time dispatching gig. And just kind of worked up from there. I had no family in law enforcement, anything like that. So I just kind of started from scratch and just kind of worked up and eventually got on full time at a place that gave me a chance. You know, when the uh, the public hears that somebody got into law enforcement so they could yell at people, it really instills a lot of confidence. Because <laughs> people well, suck. Because <laughs> people suck and the customer is not always right and I worked a lot of retail, fast food, that kind of stuff in high school and college, and I just couldn't stand it. And I was like, I got to yell at people because I don't want to help people. I wanted to catch bad guys. <laughs> and that's why I got into law enforcement. And as shitty I, as it kind of sounds, what he's saying, he's like, he's one of the good ones. It's like, you know, he, he really is uh, great at what he does. And I've, you know, been in the business a long time, too. So I've seen a, a lot. I mean, I know helping people is part of it, but... I my main thing is catching bad guys, and that's that's what I like to do. And yelling at old ladies, right? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever I I've yelled at one old lady <laughs> because I arrested I bet, her daughter. But I bet that's that about bitch it. deserved it though. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. She was hiding her daughter, who I was trying to find for like two months, who had a warrant. <laughs> Family first. Not the one so, that had a mirror above her bed. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? Not the one that had a mirror above her bed that would call the police and just to answer the door naked. <laughs> She loved Jesus. cops. <laughs> Jesus, that's disgusting. Where <laughs> it'll dox me. <laughs> so, God, Angela, gosh. let's let's learn a little bit about you. So, you're a dispatcher. Tell us how you got into that, and I know you have some side quests too. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, I too wasn't. I originally wanted to be a police officer. I did a cadet program in high school, um, but I went to college and the college at the time I went to didn't have a criminal justice degree. You had to actually major in psychology and get like some minor. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. 
wasn't interested in psychology as a major. So I, I passed on it. And then I also, I'm a pretty petite female and I, I engaged in like, well, you know, how am I going to be a good police officer? How am I going to have the fellow officers and trust in me that I can help defend and back them up? Or, you know, how can I just, you know, look intimidating? So I, I pushed it away for a while. And then after graduating high school, the town, the department that I had the cadet program from um, said, hey, you want to be a dispatcher, get some part time work? I'm like, sure. My mother was a dispatcher growing up. So I was familiar with the police department. That's kind of what started the interest in it. And um, from there, there was a full-time position came up and that was almost 19 years ago. And in the midst of that, I've been thinking that maybe I could pursue being on the road. I went to the reserve academy, was a part-time officer, was involved with the SWAT team and as a crisis negotiator. And I was exploring all these, all these things, but um, at the end of the day, just continued to be a dispatcher because life happened in certain things that redirected me. So, but um, learned that I can instill confidence in my fellow officers that I can be a good police officer and they can feel and trust in me, which was really important. And um, yeah, so I just love the job. I do it part-time now because I, I'm old enough to want my weekends and holidays. So <laughs> I was done. <laughs> I was burnt out. Let me ask you this because my mind's on it. I've had a lot of people come on the podcast and we've we've kind of poo-pooed on the younger generation of cops. And I'm curious with your experience as a dispatcher, are you seeing the same thing in the dispatch centers where it's just not the same quality of people or is it has that even really changed at all because the job's so different? Good question. There's a lot of if a dispatchers young coming in, they're just, they're very naive. And so, you know, you can't teach those things, you know, so for them, you know, there's a lot of times where just, they're not going to get it no matter how much training and weeks of training, remedial training, they're just not getting it because there's this sense of innocence and, and naive, you know, you do have to have a little bit of an edge on you and some kind of experience, at least open being open-minded where some are just, you know, kind of don't understand I don't know however they were brought up it's just some people can't you know can't cut it and get through the whole process of training so you do see that in the younger but there's not you know it's there's a staff shortage everywhere from Dunkin Donuts to anywhere you talk about right so um but there's there's always been a staff shortage for dispatchers so a lot of people not even realizing what the job is when they apply for it so I guess yeah. yes. I, I was going to say that I think dispatching and jail work well. It's completely different. I think it kind of has some similarities as it's um, it's a shitty job and it doesn't pay very good. And there's weird fucking hours. And I could see how it could be difficult to attract people to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I mean, I always tell people. We know that most dispatchers are gonna are there to become a police officer or be in law enforcement to some degree. So we know a lot of times they're not gonna be there for very long, but your department's willing to invest in all this money to train them just to find out if they're actually able to take their first call or handle their first stressful situation. 
I mean, and, and it's, you just don't know, you just put your, all your cards in it and hope for the best kind of thing. But, um, and I have always suggest to people who are interested in law enforcement to start there. You have, a, you gain a lot more respect of the job and what's entails and what the dispatchers need to know. And then, you know, it was helpful the other way when I became reserve police officer, it was helpful to see the other side of things too. So, but yeah, it's, it has its challenges for sure. All right. And you so get we got... sometimes no, go ahead. Yeah, didn't mean respectful. to cut you off. Oh no, no, it's okay. And then there's, you know, there's sometimes the other part of it is if there's officers, you get a couple of different officers that will either have done the job before and understand it, never done it before, and respect you for the job because they don't want to do it, or the ones that are just like don't care. Like you know, we, I we're a small department where you know you're lucky to be able to go to the bathroom when you need to, and because you're usually the only one holding the shit down everything, so. Um, you know, I've had to ask officers, Hey, can you just like, listen for the phone real quick? So I can go to the bathroom and I'd be good. Hurry up. I'm like, all right, dude, thanks. <laughs> so, take some big shits too. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 That's when I have to go down the hall. When I go down the hall, I'm in business. <laughs> I, um, I don't believe that women fart or poop. So. <clears throat> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, the first time I heard her fart. We were building a Blackstone grill. We lifted up something <laughs> and she tooted. And I was like, <gasps> I'm like, don't make a big deal of it. Shut up. Just don't even hear it's a, anything. It's a breakthrough. <laughs> I I held my farts in for so long when I met my wife that it gave me stomach aches. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because you like, so, I don't know. I mean, it should be a normal thing. And granted, I was young. Like, we've been together forever. But I would I do that now? Like, if she left me, no, I just fucking, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing, you know? But man, that's the thing. I'm kind of your age. And and so I met her two, three years ago, and I would leave her house to go back to my parents' house and shit <laughs> and then come back because I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> shitting in their house. <laughs> and he just revealed this to me not too long ago. Like, I had no yeah. idea. Like, you know where I would thing. leave every morning because I said I had to, like, get my protein or whatever for the gym while I was actually going to my parents' house to shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, believe it or not, and, and this, I just was uh, made aware of this uh, just before the podcast started, you'd messaged me, like, six months ago about something else. Besides what we're going to talk about on this podcast, because it's it's a really interesting scenario. So, and that was, is you had an issue with an SRO and an ex-wife. Yes. Now, how did, let's, let's start with you guys first and work backwards, because that's more awkward and fun. How did you guys meet? <laughs> she texted me oh, when she boy. found out I was going through a divorce. Okay. Really? Was, uh, we have yeah. two sides of the story. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of true. We did work with each other, but um, for, I don't even know, a couple of years, but he was never in the station. We never even hardly even talked. We never talked uh, um, outside of the department, hardly talked during any shift, which is kind of odd. No one, you know, that we work with now and would have ever imagined the two of us together and neither did we. But when a there was a point where an officer was telling a few of us in the station, well, you know, what is it? Busted, Busted. cherry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his wife is no longer allowed in the, in the department. Um, 
just FYI. And he's, you know, currently been separated. And I just all of a sudden just felt this like overwhelming, like, oh my goodness, poor Buster Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I should reach out to him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So then I was like, exactly. oh. <laughs> So I did a casual text message and COVID happened. Yeah, it was right at COVID. It was, um, so in the state we were in, COVID shut down everything on, um, what, what's the day you're going to start drinking again? St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Or, or right now. I don't on, know. I haven't decided. <laughs> it shut down on St. Patrick's Day. So everything shut down. And... You know, obviously, I was still working full time. She was uh, part time at that point, and it was a couple days later that she ended up. Text- was that the question? I can't remember. Yeah, how we met. Or how we, yeah, so she texted me a couple days later, and I have one side of the story. She has another side of the story, but she texted me saying, "Hey, I hope everything's okay or whatever." Um, she was like, "I'm going out to get some booze. Do you want anything?" And I said, "Sure, pick me up some." you know, Jim Beam Apple and Bush Light, and I'll be over at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, <laughs> and I guess she was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> this is happening. This is happening. <laughs> yeah, night one. Yep. <laughs> we call it night one. Yeah. Um, but my version of the story is I did. I texted him and I was like, oh, he's texting me back. Okay, we're going somewhere here. And then I, it was raining and it was a terrible night. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to a liquor store. You want anything? And I intended to just drop the alcohol at his driveway. Meanwhile, I'm 32 years old at the time. I can just go get my own booze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was like, you know, that was my intention. And then when you said you're coming over, I'm like, oh, we're, we're going to do it. and didn't we like text our sergeant (laughs) yeah so the the sergeant that was on duty is one of my good friends always hang out with him he's like the best sergeant i ever worked with that kind of stuff and it was like three or four a.m and we texted him a picture of us together He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun. That was so, funner yeah, than I how, expected. That's, 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 how, <laughs> that's how it first started. Um, she also saw a video of me playing the guitar with my daughter. Yes. Um, and she was singing and all that. Listen, kind of I kind of so. thought he was an a-hole. I'm not going to lie. And I have shared this and I've been open about this. But during, like... There was moments where I'd get little things like he was nice and stuff, but he's one of the things, he's one of those people that will put salt in a wound and press on it. Like he if, literally if said that he got into the job to yell at people. How right. are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also, one of your, a few podcasts ago, sent you an, the AMA that I'm the one that likes to annoy people because I think it's funny. I think yes, it was your first one him. on your podcast. That was Wait, me. are you, are you the moosing guy? The moosing guy? The moosing guy, were you? No, 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 oh, okay. no. That you were talking. Maybe that's the moosing guy. I'm not the moosing guy. Okay. As okay. I'm pointing to myself, and you can't see me. But no, not not the same person. <laughs> but he did. That's okay. I was like, is. holy shit, we have a celebrity here. Oh yeah, moosing. No, I'm not the moosing guy. <laughs> 
but no, he does. He likes to kind of annoy people. He thinks it's funny. And I used to think it was annoying and it was <laughs> bullying, but you know, I'm not going to lie. We had a, uh, we shared a call that was pretty traumatic. We had the crisis team come in and talk and he's the only officer. Um, and there was what, how many on scene four? There were, I was the only dispatcher. There were four of us and then, you know, the Lieutenant and everybody shows up later. But he's the only one that checked in on me and asked me how I was doing. And this is way before anything at all. He was still, quote, happily married, I think, at the time. So. Happily married, but hated her, her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend was a <laughs> druggie and douche. But, yeah, yeah it's... um it yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird. It's weird how it started, uh, or, you know, from really nothing, even though we worked together. It wasn't one of those things that we built over time and had to think for each other and then all of a sudden was single. So you guys weren't like fucking in the closet while you're seeing other people Um, like most cops and dispatchers do? (laughs) No, didn't even cross my mind to do any of that stuff. No, he's a good, he's a good, I've, I've tried. (laughs) 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 Or at least like, while he's on, you know, in uniform. (laughs) No, but I respect, that's why he's a, he's he's a good one. You know, he's respectful. I've been doing a long time and met some quite some opposite. And uh, <laughs> that's why I've never dated a police officer prior to that point. So I was like, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he changed my look on the outlook on things. I'm kind Are of you cool. scared of being part of the 40%? What's the, What's the 40%? 40%? <laughs> oh, oh, you guys missed I, my joke. Oh. Violence. oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no. I have a friend and I won't dox this friend, but she was telling me a about how she dated like she wouldn't date cops because she was worried that they would be mean or abusive but she Mm -hmm. dated firefighters and they were like huge assholes and i'm like okay well (laughs) what am i missing here in this math equation (laughs) Mm, yeah i actually had when i was a reserve officer and dispatcher i had a guy in corrections and he said, I'm sorry, I don't date police officers. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I'm a reserve. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even a real cop. <laughs> I mean, thanks, but. <laughs> like when you time. said he was in corrections, like he was a corrections client or he worked in the jail. Oh, yeah, no, I don't. Da- yeah, no, he was a corrections uh, officer. Oh, OK, OK. I just wanted to clarify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. You never know. You never know. <laughs> You never know with dispatchers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, shit. I had something on the tip of my tongue and it's gone. Good thing I can edit. Um, <clears throat> fuck. We were talking about here. You guys get the inside baseball about how I fuck up all the time. Um, <laughs> Was it like not recording right now. No, it's recording. I'll just edit it. Oh, out. <laughs> or I'll leave it because it's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're talking about. We talk about corrections, corrections, clients, state and officers and dispatchers sleeping in closets together. You're working. Yeah, I I think I got it. Well, I was going to (laughs) say that, and I've said this before on the podcast, but it's probably worthy bringing up again. A female cop, I think it would be really fucking hard to date. Like I, like I could date a female cop because I was a cop and I got it. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I feel like female cops are really pigeonholed where it's it's easier to date other cops or I maybe a firefighter. But I, I think it's a lot harder because most guys don't like the idea of 
the girl being more mm -hmm. for lack of a better word and i hate this word but alpha you know what i mean i feel like it oh, would can, yeah. really I suck can, to be a female cop and in, in single i, I think was... if you were on different shifts it would be fine like where i work um basically we all work together you know it's not a hundred man department or anything so we all know each other and we all go to the same calls together and if we were on the same shift it would be different because let's say she was primary and I'm cover and something happens then I would feel like I would have the need to step in and protect and, or something. and protect but if it was different shifts it might be different but I'm not in that situation so I don't really know and that's just one part of it. But what I think he's saying too is what my, I was married once um, for a short time. And that, when I said earlier about my trajectory of career in law enforcement, why I didn't continue pursuing being on the road is because my husband didn't want me to. He would keep, he, he, my ex husband, well, I said husband. <laughs> Um, he, you know, he was like, did not want me to do it. He wanted me to have a quote unquote Monday to Friday job. Uh, you know, it, it was steering me away from it where I did go part time and I lost all the what I was pursuing. And when we were divorcing, I'll never forget. He sent me an email and said, if it wasn't for me, you'd still be living your pipe dream of wanting to be a police officer. What the so, fuck? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it did, you know, but things happen for a reason as far as, you know, where our career life goes, journey. But yeah, I, I stopped pursuing it. And because of him at the time, I was trying to be a good wife. And look where you ended up, though. I know. And I On said to him, but now I'm with somebody completely supportive. But yeah, we talked about if I did want to go on the road, if I wanted to pursue that, um, <coughs> that it might be difficult if you're in the same department, which I can understand. That. <laughs> Quit coughing. You're making me work. Rona. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. We're gonna get the the thing. Oh fuck! Uh, not, the lady. It's, it's Bologna. You know this. Oh, Bologna. <laughs> Bologna. So, you know, I just have to go on a rant because it kind of pisses me off. You know, whenever my wife had, you know, something she wanted to do, I've never been like, no, you can't do that. That's just so so foreign to me. I mean, we'll have conversations about things and run the pros and cons and stuff, but I, I don't know. It's just unimaginable that. And this could go for guys or girls that you would fucking tell your spouse. No, you can't do that. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't do what you want in life. I mean, it, it's different. Like if he's trying to stop you from smoking crack or something, I would give <laughs> him a medal, but I don't know. That just, it, it bugs me. And well, there was, yeah. As we, as we go back in the story, I have kind of a rebuttal to that. Just remind me because I'll probably forget. And I'm, I'm very good at forgetting rebuttal, mm. right? Rebuttal right now. Do it. Okay. So, <laughs> right so so we're still on the um S sro by now ex-wife's type of story um so she was working at kind of a private school type place loved her job did all that um and then got hired by the local school where i currently work same town and everything she worked for a year and absolutely hated it it was saying she was miserable, but the money was better and all this stuff, you know, the commute's better. And, but she was miserable. And I said, just go back to your little part-time job at the other place that you worked. And she would say, I'm not a quitter. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not telling her not to stay at the schools she's working in in the town I work in. But I was saying, if you're miserable, go back to the other job that you actually liked. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I I think that's um, I think that's a lot different than just basically telling somebody no, you can't mm. follow your dreams to do something. You know? Yeah. Little did I know yeah. she was. I, that's more. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell that story? I, that's we're say, working backwards to that story. I thought. <laughs> well, how much further back do we got to go? Not much. Not, I mean, not, not much back. back. I mean, I guess I skipped a couple of things like the almost domestics and that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I mean, I was the victim, but <laughs> it was so it was like the opposite of the 40 percent. <laughs> the 60 percent. Yeah, I was the 60 percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, go. I mean, for me, it's easier to tell from front to back. But if you want to. The sad yeah, part is, is I mean, just go right into it. Like, the sad part is, is you went in a marriage that wasn't working out. You couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. But lo and behold, I think the department was starting to see it before you yeah. were able to. The department saw it, and I was kind of blinded by it. So if you want me to start from the beginning, I can. It's kind Let's of easy start... for me. Yeah. I was just being a dick, okay. man. Do your thing. Start from the <laughs> okay. beginning. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, I was on the 3 to 11 shift or 4 to 12 shift. Um, evening shift, we'll say, you know, working, doing my thing, um, go through the academy, all that stuff, have a kid in the meantime while I'm in the academy. Um, academy it, around here is uh, six months and Monday through Friday and weekends off, that kind of stuff. Um, so have a kid in there during the academy and I'm going through it and she's working while I'm in the academy. My parents are watching the baby at this point. Um, get out of the academy. You know, we're good for a couple of years, whatever. Um, have another kid uh, a couple of years later down the road. And when that kid turns like two, something happens with her where I'm not really sure. This is when she gets that other job um, in the town I work in. And she's saying she's miserable, all this other stuff. She wants to leave. And I'm like, well, then go back to your old job. You know, who cares? They, you still kind of work with them. So go to, go back to that job. She's like, Nope, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to stay there. I'm like, okay, whatever. Not thinking anything. And slowly as like the months go by, she starts getting like more and more miserable and kind of yelling at me for random things. I'm like days off. Like I'm sitting with, so basically she would go to work during the day because she worked during the day. I would watch the kids. She would come home. And then I would go to work. That's kind of how it worked. She worked days. I worked evenings. And it slowly became worse and worse where eventually she started telling me, go out. And (laughs) she literally told me, go out to a local bar and bring a girl home and start having sex with her. And I'm like, "Uh, what? (laughs) Yeah. Like those were like not her exact words, but she said, bring, bring back a girl. Um, so that you don't try to do it with me or whatever, or something like that. You didn't text me then. I didn't text her. Damn. <laughs> I didn't text you. I'm just kidding. So yeah, she. <laughs> <laughs> so she was telling me that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, that's that's not me. Can, I hate. Can I butt in I, real quick though? Yeah. I, out of my own curiosity, how the was this like right after she had the second kid? No, like two years after. Okay, so it wasn't like postpartum yeah. or anything like that. 
No, I, I don't really know anything about postpartum, but it, it didn't seem like it. Um, and I, we've been together since college. So we were together for like 10 years at this point with two kids now. Okay. And then just something, something snapped with her. Yeah, something snapped. So she got the job at the local local school and I'm working at the local PD. She's working days, I'm working nights. And I don't know really what happened. So she starts telling me, go out to the local bar. I'll watch the kids on, you know, I'm on my days off. She's like, I'll watch the kids, go out to the bar, bring girl back and have sex with her. And I'm like, what? No. Like, what the she fuck she are you like, talking about? She didn't yeah. And like, we, we were sleeping in the same bed at this point. And, you know, there'd be a pillow between us or she'd be in one side of the bed, I'd be on the other. And I'm like, and I'm just slowly slowly over you know the weeks and months i'm like what the fuck is going on and then eventually she she starts really telling me you know let's go to therapy and all this other stuff or she wants to go to therapy and i'm like i'm not a therapy person and marriage therapy at least and i'm like no we can work this out ourselves and you know over from so it started maybe end of 2018 continued into mid 2019. And at that point I was like, you know what? We got to file for divorce and, or let's go through a divorce. I, I can't do this anymore. So at that point we had a fairly big house with like a, it's like a miniature kind of in-law apartment. So I moved into the in-law apartment that was attached to the main part of the house and so I, I have my bed, everything up there, TV, all that good stuff. Um, my PlayStation, PlayStation 3, in case you wonder. <laughs> um, Details so are I move, important. I move into that. Um, I'm still working nights. She's working days. So I watch the kids during the, during the day. She comes back and watches the kids after whatever. And I know I don't want to be with her anymore. And some girl randomly texts me on Facebook or messaged me on Facebook. And I don't remember the exact conversation. It was, you know, three or four years ago. And she just basically said, hi. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Thinking it's kind of a spam thing. And, you know, she says she's from the area and we start talking or whatever. We start, um, me and my now ex-wife start going through like mediation. I'm like, you know what? Let's meet up somewhere. Let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. So we meet at Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, holy shit, you're a real person. So we <laughs> so we start hanging out, still talking on Facebook. For some reason, this girl didn't like to text, which was a um, red flag, basically, at this point. Um, she liked um, Facebook Messenger and, like, Snapchat messaging. Um, so we start talking, and I'm working one night, and my wife, ex-wife, logs into my Facebook account, which was like logged into her computer and sees all the messages and calls me up while I'm working and says like, who's this whore you're talking to and all this other stuff. And I hear just glass smashing in the background. And I'm thinking she's smashing like wine bottles and stuff. And keep in mind, my kids are home and all this, you know, everything at this point. And I'm like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? So I sleep in my parents' house that night and I go to pick up my kids in the morning um, to watch them at my parents' house. And the room that I was sleeping in was completely smashed, like glass holes in the walls and everything. And I'm like, holy shit. So I take pictures of the room 
And um, the next day I I'm on shift and I call a meeting with everyone that's on shift. And I'm like, this is what happened the other night. I don't really know what to do. And they're like, you got to tell the lieutenant, the chief, because, you know, smaller department, I know who the chief is. Um, and you got to schedule a meeting with them and log everything, take pictures, log everything. So I'm like, all right, I'll do that. So the next day I call a meeting with the chief lieutenant, go in, tell them what happened. They offer me a restraining order, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't think I need any of that stuff. So at this point, <clears throat> I take my kids and move into my parents' house, which is in the same town. So it wasn't, or town over or something. So it wasn't that big of a deal and start going through the mediation process. Um, I was going to have to pay child support, all that stuff. Cause I wanted to stay on the evening shift and I started talking to lawyers and the lawyer's like, no, you shouldn't have to do that. You have the kids during the day. She has them at night. It should be 50, 50, whatever. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to hire a lawyer, cancel the media mediator type stuff. Um, my first lawyer, um, basically sides with her lawyer the entire time. And I'm like, you know what, this, this shouldn't be what it is. So I fire the first lawyer, hire another one. Um, you're going to get to the SRO, SRO part, but that's really what they want to hear. Oh, fuck no, the SRO part. Did you, fuck. did you pass over the SRO part? No, I'm not editing it. You fucked it up. <laughs> It's all right. It's poorly made. So, we believe. So in yeah, you. the so the the meeting the meeting with the chief and lieutenant. They say, you know, we hear she's dating the um the school resource officer, the SRO. So like, department, yeah, right, or a different department? Same department. Oh okay. yeah. And who can we even say his history? Or should we? Or well, is that well, really, well, is that really bringing yeah, you, clarity? Like, <laughs> no, we we won't say the history. Oh, um, let, let's say let's say he has history in the department with. Um, other people's op- other people other officers daughters and that kind of stuff so he oh with daughters not with wives but with daughters no <laughs> no daughters adult daughters potentially what may have been in high school when he was the sro yes right? jesus yes. fucking Christ. yeah so he has history like that so um during the meeting with the chief and lieutenant they say you know we hear she's dating um the sro and i'm like i'm like i've heard that too i don't i don't believe that um, cause I was kind of blind at the point I was still kind of in denial. And so go through the mediator, the lawyers, and in the end, I end up saying, um, I'm going to go to day shift so I can have the kids during the, during the, my days off and you can have the kids during the day also. And we end up in the end getting 50, 50 custody and she owes me child support. Because she made more money than me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is cool. But it didn't end up being anything substantial. So I was like, you know what? I, I don't need the child support. Fuck that. Um, so child support was kind of gone in the wind. Um, and then because I moved out um, and wasn't paying um, for the mortgage, anything in the house that we had, she ends up selling the house. I get 50% of the house. And she moves in with the SRO. Who who had a house? Um, what and, the fuck? <laughs> am I missing anything? Yeah, but that we can say, I guess. Yeah. 
Huh? And, and I, which I have to get to tell you too, like none of this was really known by anyone but the people that he discussed it with. Like it was, you know how rumors spread in whatever size departments, but especially the smaller ones, right? We're a dysfunctional family, we always say. I mean, it, rumors freaking move fast, whether they're true or not. When I learned that he was even separated, like he had been separated for a while living in his parents' house and I had no clue. No one had any clue. Ooh, a lot of this stuff had been going on. Yeah, and this was it was like such a shock. He <clears throat> kept his personal life very, very private. This was during the height of Rona. So it happened just before Rona or Baloney. <laughs> and then <laughs> I moved in during Baloney. And then everything shut down. So I had the kids all the time. And they were trying to tell me because I'm working three to eleven and the kids sleep at her house at night that I had to play pay child support. And I was like, no, fuck that. I have the kids all the time. Um, but because they slept at her house, they, she technically had them more. So I was like, fuck that. I'll just go to day shift. So, <laughs> and, and they had no rebuttal to that. <laughs> so let me inquire a little bit here. Yep. Was she fucking him all along? And that was like why she was being weird towards you? Or do you know? I don't know. You can it, talk about that party one time. You <clears> had no idea. She invited him to a party at our house one time she was like isn't he cool he's he's you know he's not that bad and i was like yeah whatever i mean he's he he's not the guy that goes out anywhere and he's, no one Lily likes him. yeah no one likes him he's just kind of in the background yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't hang out with anyone he just kind of sits there and mopes and he's super grumpy and he's not a fun person to be around but i was like yeah he's fine i mean just whatever he drank his corona lights and that was about it <laughs> So, did he work at the same school that she worked at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you putting um, it together now? So, mm-hmm. so he goes through all the schools. We only have one SRO. And so, they kind of bounce between all the schools. And she she also bounced between all the schools. So, they were working in the same school at all the time. There were teachers that later admitted they knew that. Yeah. They there, there was, out in closets there was a teacher at one point that While um, she was married. said that they saw them kissing in the hallway. Oh. And I guess there was, an, we'll say, a school IA that I don't know how that went about, but I guess it, I mean, she still has a job, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't really go anywhere. All right. So let me, let me, let me try and figure this out here. So yep. does he still work mm-hmm. on the same department as you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they all still, everybody still lives in the same town. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I, I do not. I moved out of town. But um, they they both still live together. Yes. And you know, got to make events with the kids fucking weird. Um, or has that not come up yet? Where like when kids have like you know a ball game or anything like that, where you guys are all together. We we go to the same places, but we don't um we don't like intermingle or anything. They stay on their side. I stay on my side because. I, I want kind of nothing to do with them because of what they put me through. And they're not even like, also too, they're, they're not trying to just co-parent, I guess, you know, there, there's been, I, I don't, I remain completely out of everything. I don't want any involvement or that obviously, right. I'm not going to get put my two cents into anything. I, she doesn't have my contact information or she thought she did and I blocked her, but <laughs> um, she's just not, you know, She's she's been angry and mean to him. She's done a lot of things to put the kids in the middle that 
um, just unfortunately hasn't made it at least that we could be kosher around them with, for the kids. Like it would be nice to be able to just suck it up for those moments, you know, and, and share in those things um, for the kids, but they have not made that easy either. So it's yeah, just like I was in there, I've, I've tried to make things kosher and it's just, I, I'm, it's I'm assuming she's bipolar. Um, so it's, it's a roller coaster and you never know which one you're going to be talking to. It can, it can change from hour to hour. Unfortunately. You know, what's interesting, um, I, I know a little bit about bipolar. That's something that happens in the, like in the thirties, in your thirties, potentially maybe late twenties. Was she mm -hmm. about that age? She was, I would say yeah. either 30 or 31. Yeah. Or 29, 30, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could honestly, uh, that could be part of it for sure. Yeah. Cause I always said the person I married is not the person that she has become. What's your relationship with your coworker? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's never really had a relationship. <laughs> I think actually you're, the chief and lieutenant were like, because they're the only ones that use, um, uh, religiously use the gym. And so when they try and separate you two and asking if that's necessary and trying to make it, but you're like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I, he avoids you at yeah. every cost and yeah, you, so, don't, you don't even bother with him. So because it was during baloney, um, we never shut down the gym or anything. I was like, dude, I need the gym just to get out like anger and all that stuff. But he also uses the gym and they asked, they asked me, is there going to be any issues? And I was like, that's not me. Um, and he's, never approached me. We don't really say anything. We never said anything beforehand. He's just kind of just sat in the background. So there's never been any issues like that. All the coworkers say, dude, if that happened to me, I would have kicked the shit out of them. And I'm like, dude, my yeah, losing your job. Yeah. My, my kids and my job were more important than me punching a dude in the face that doesn't know how to shoot a gun correctly or <laughs> fight correctly. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, um, my humble opinion, and I'm a pretty mellow dude. That guy needs his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and if if we talked about the daughters and that kind of stuff, you would agree even more. Mm. Well, and that's to me as an outsider. And obviously, like, I don't know everything. I don't know what the evidence is. But if that shit's happening, why on God's green earth is he employed or not, and at schools? person was of age right she became like uh, of the uh, age of, of an adult of age and yeah it's it was just a co-worker's daughter that he got knocked up <laughs> Wait, it's one of those things it's like so knocked tough, right? up oh yeah they oh, get a kid yeah, that too. <laughs> oh my god yep um it's just important yeah <laughs> there's poor decisions in your personal life can that affect your 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 job as a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have another a noise for him and this is dedicated to him. <laughs> Blue Falcon motherfucker. Oh, it came out. Oh, that's empty. Oh, give me damn it. You can go grab me another one. Is that one empty too? Yeah. Sorry, we have to get we have to stock up here. All right. Do we need a beer break? No, uh, and a piss good. break. No, we're good. And a what? I gotta pee. Oh, I gotta talk in the meantime. Okay, she can talk. All right, let me go pee. Okay. All right.
<laughs> All right, and then we'll continue. Well, I'll tell you what. While you guys fucking sort yourselves out, let me do the officer of the podcast. So Hi. as you guys know, every episode, I uh, give away a patch to a deserving officer, whether that's somebody that's not getting the recognition at work or they're just fucking badass, even if they got recognition. So if you want to nominate a buddy, and I'm starting to run a little low, we don't want me to get on Facebook and cry about it again. Uh, email me at poorly made police memes at gmail.com and let me know why they deserve a patch and I will read their story on the podcast. This episode, oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention Ghost Patch makes all of these patches and they generously donated them. Dear Poorly Made, I'd like to nominate my chief. Wow. Now, I'm not being a kiss-ass. I work for a very small department in a town of less than 6,000 people. When I started, we had seven guys on patrol, a chief and an assistant chief. Fast forward to March this year, and we're down to four cops, including the chief. And the chief stepped back to patrol for the first time in a decade while maintaining his administrative duties. Then an officer left to be a trooper. With the intent of planning our next move, it was keep our current hours and leave the city without 24-7 coverage or work seven days a week. The three of us decided to work seven days a week. We worked that way from March till June. Now, the chief could have had the other officer and I work seven twelves a week. And we would have just because we respect the guy that much to begin with. But the chief worked patrol shifts, so we only worked seven eight-hour days. We had three days off in that 90-day stretch. This is why I'd like to nominate my chief. That's fucking intense. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I now he did win. I'm not gonna be a dick, but I do wonder why everybody left. Does he deserve? Does this chief deserve air horns? A T Rex? Oh my god! Stop ruining my podcast with your loud noises. Oh really? Oh, I thought he came in. I thought he came in and was like knocking shit over. No, he no. just slid his phone off away from the desk. <laughs> Sounded like a St. Bernard coming in and fucking oh destroying my. the house. No way. Oh, wow. <laughs> I okay. thought it was pretty cool. I didn't mute us, and he's like, no, let's keep it unmuted. I'm like, all right. He's doing his yeah. thing right now. I'm doing my thing. You should have muted. I heard the sex noises. I heard the St. Bernard. I heard fucking everything. I am a little loud. I think the... Mer, 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 mer. Okay, so we're going with air horns on this one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is that the best one? <laughs> For sure. All that's right. a good that's, one. That's huge. <clears throat> that's yeah. what she said. <laughs> Slightly less than average. <laughs> hey, man. Right there with you, pal. <laughs> anyway. So, the main event that we have here is you had a very unique situation. Besides the SRO fucking your wife, but an even more <laughs> unique situation that you sent me a message about. I'm like, dude, we have to talk about this on the podcast. This is nuts. Yeah. Do you want to enlighten the millions? Sure. Do you want to go from front to back or back to front this time? You know, I've always heard that you never do ask the mouth, but let's do, let's do front to back. <laughs> front to back. Okay. So it was a cold, windy night. Oh boy. I'm joking. Um, I don't remember what the weather was. I think it was, it was right before baloney. Um, so me and the other guys on shift were at a domestic and another call comes in while we're at the domestic, um, saying there's a tow truck driver 
that's arguing with a client down on basically the farthest part away of town you can go to. And it's a big town, takes like 10 minutes to get there with blue lights. So whoever was in charge of the scene at the domestic was like, um, Buster, you go there. I'm like, all right, not a big deal. So I start heading down there and I eventually find where they are. And so I start talking to the tow truck driver and he said, I was bringing a, or I met this guy down in Florida and I'm bringing a car for him that he bought. Um, I'm bringing a car from on my car hauler up to him to deliver here. Um, during transport, the car got damaged and now he's super angry. And as I'm talking to him, this guy who bought the car is kind of maybe 30, 40 feet away. And he starts, you know, the clenched fist storming kind of towards me. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'll talk to you after. Just let me figure out kind of what's going on from this guy. And he gets right in my face and starts screaming. The spit is coming out of his mouth and, you know, getting on my face and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I put my hand up and I'm like, I will talk to you after. Let me figure out what's going on. And he slaps my hand away. And I'm like, all right, what what the hell's going on? So this guy's saying, um, the guy that's the angry guy is saying, um, this guy damaged my car. It's a, you know, it's an antique and all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Let, let, let me figure it out. And he just keeps in my face and um, is, you know, spitting in all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm done with this guy. So I take him and I push him against um, a car that's nearby. And I'm like, you're going to be detained right now until I figure out what's going on. And he's like, you're not detaining me. And I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, do you have any idea who, who I am? And I was like, nope, I have no idea who you are. And he kind of turns on me as I have his arm. And he says, I'm the chief of a local neighboring town. And at this point, I look at him and I'm like, oh, fuck. I know this guy because I pulled him over before. He's a giant asshole. <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right. So I kind of let go of his wrist thinking, you know, now that I know he's the chief, he's going to kind of relax a little bit and we can talk as two cops, one another. And he still starts spouting off. He's, he had it. So he had a jacket on and he zips down his jacket and he shows me he has his uniform on. And I believe it had a badge on it, if I remember. And he just is still spouting off. And I'm like, you know, this so far, it sounds like a civil thing. It got damaged in transport. And I'm trying to explain to this guy that it's not really a police issue. You got to take it up with this guy. And he just keeps on spouting and saying all this other stuff. Like, you're not going to take me down, anything like that. And I'm like, fuck this guy. So I take a step back and I pull out my taser, knowing that he's the chief. And I'm like, get the fuck in the cruiser. You're going to be detained. He's like, I'm not getting the fuck in the cruiser. I'm like, yeah, you are. He's like, you can't, you can't pull a taser on me. I have a stint. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you have a stint or anything. <laughs> you're, turn around, put your hands behind your back. You're getting handcuffed. He's like, I'm not getting handcuffed. So I put my taser away. I throw him against the car and I end up handcuffing him. And then he's like, I'm not going in the cruiser. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And he's like, nope, I'm not. So I open the door and I, um, I shove him into my cruiser. Um, 
he's then he's you know i'm not putting my legs in and i'm like yeah you are put your legs in so i throw throw his legs in and during this whole tussle thing i'm i radio over um on my portable you know get me um you know this police department and the next police department um that was before actually if you we we rewind a little bit I radio over as I'm about to fight with this guy, you know, get me this police department to come and back me up. And then he tells me what police department he works for. And I'm like, Oh fuck. So I cancel that police department, call another one. Both end up showing up. So the local guys from the police department he works with show up as long as another one. And as I'm stuffing them in the, (laughs) as I stuff them in the cruiser, um, I turn around and I see, his basically coworkers standing behind me. And I'm like, it's your fucking chief in my cruiser right now. He's being an asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, I canceled you guys. So you guys can leave. I think I'm all set right now. And then another neighboring town um, shows up and I'm like, guys, just stay here with me for now. Just in case. Um, then the sergeant shows up and he's there and he's like, what the hell is going on? I tell him. So I go over to the car hauler guy and I'm like, and I find I'm finally like, what the hell happened? He's like, dude, you handled that so well. You should have body cams. You should have cruiser cams. I'm like, yeah, we got none of those. You know, small town, we got nothing. He's like, I'm buying those for you. Never bought them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, what do you need from us? Because this is basically a civil issue, you know? And he he's like, all I need is that guy to sign the paperwork and I'm gone. So the sergeant on our shift shows up, talks with the chief that I have detained. Um, they he agrees to sign the paperwork, and or he comes. The sergeant comes over to me and says, "Basically, what do you want to do?" Because you know I had, you know, the low things, disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace, but I also had assault and battery on a police officer. Um, and I'm like, you know what? The tow truck driver just wants his paperwork signed so we can get the fuck out of here. He's from Florida. So as long as he's good to sign the paperwork, we'll release him. I'll do an instant report and we'll be done and over with. So he agrees to sign the paperwork. Tow truck driver leaves. And the chief brings his car over to a car shop that's um, a little bit down the street. And we leave. And we go back to the station. And we talk it over and I'm like, I got to write this report really good because, because it's, it's probably going to get out there. So I write the report and I guess there was, um, there's a couple like business buildings around. This was kind of late at night, if I remember, uh, or it was dark out at least. Um, but there's a couple businesses that are around and there was somebody in the business that actually saw the entire incident unfold and called um, like the chief lieutenant detective, whoever was working on the case and said that I handled everything that happened really professionally. And basically the chief of that town should have been muckled and I didn't punch him in the face or anything like that. So um, he, that guy was on my side. Um, there was a little IA, but nothing major that happened from it. Um, and then, so people, people around start hearing about it and they start calling the station or sending in requests for arrest reports regarding the chief of the neighboring town. And they're like, nope, no arrest reports, no arrest reports, no arrest reports. 
And then someone calls and says, I want any reports regarding the chief. So like, here you go. And they give that person the report. That person gives it to a local like news outlet and it just blows up from there because that news outlet um, uh, publishes the report that I wrote. And then it goes from there. The town he works in finds out about it. They have a public meeting. He ends up lying in the public meeting saying he never said he was a, a police officer, anything like that. So I'm like, dude, he's he's not going to get fired for being or doing what he did to me, but he's going to get fired for lying to the selectman or town manager, whoever was doing the meeting. Um, and I'm just sitting by my phone, just waiting for the call for them to call and interview me about what actually happened. I never get the call. He resumes his police chief position and he's on like a probation period or whatever. Um, but during that probation period or like a year down the road, he has another incident with a city like two towns away um, in a different state. And he ends up resigning after that incident because he almost ran over an officer's foot after a traffic stop. And that's basically the story. I, I do not have a lot of confidence in the law enforcement in your area, which I don't <laughs> remember. But you got the SRO that fucks um, people's wives and their kids. Yep. And we have a chief <laughs> that runs amok. I mean, could you fucking imagine if an officer acted like that? They'd be fired next day. Yeah, fired. We, Goodbye. We actually, when I was on, um, when I was on probation, so this was probably three or four years earlier from this incident. I pulled over this chief and he was a giant fucking asshole the entire time. He's like, I wasn't swerving or anything like that. Cause I was big into uh, like OUIs and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you were. He's like, no, the guy behind me was tailgating. I'm like, no, he wasn't. You know, I was following this whole time. He was just a giant asshole. And then he tells me he's the chief. And I'm like, fuck. So I, <laughs> I end up calling up the sergeant and I'm like, this guy's being an asshole. He's like, yeah, he is an asshole. I'm like, I'm thinking of gigging him. And he's like, you know, do what you want. I, I give him a verbal warning and let him go. But we pulled him over like three times since then. And he's just, he's just always been an asshole. And so that's reflect, not the first that we actually have had with him. When you reflect on your, your almost fight tasering with him, mm -hmm. do you wish you would have charged him or no? Uh, no, because I mean, everybody says I should have, but no, because I was basing it off of what that truck driver wanted and the truck driver wanted his paperwork, um, just signed so that he could leave. And the Sergeant that came was, you know, in quotes, friendly with that chief. And he was able to convince him to sign the paperwork so we can be done and over with this whole thing. So um, I'm, I'm good with that. I say, fuck him, charge him. <laughs> that's what everyone, that's what everybody, everybody else told me, but, um, nobody else was there. It was me that it was only me that dealt with the entire thing. Um, so I'm okay with my decision. I mean, if I, too, I mean, he like, <laughs> it's not like it was hidden, right? I mean, word got out and I remember on the desk when you were getting all these news outlets and other people asking for the arrest reports. I remember that. And, you know, um, you, you didn't have to 
and still he ended up having to resign. And I remember all of us in the PD, the, the board of selectmen meeting was like on television and yeah. we were watching. And then all of a sudden they, right when they were like about to talk with him about the second incident that happened, everything blacked out. And like the meeting was canceled and all this stuff. And then no, they went into like, they, they like sequestered oh, it. Is, is yeah, that the word? Sequester? Like, they did like a sequestered meeting. So it wasn't public. It wasn't public anymore. So they yeah. shut off all the cameras and they had like a closed meeting about it. And that's when he resigned. So I'm don't take this. What I'm about to say is shitting on you, but this mm-hmm. is just some advice that I got as a young cop. And I, I see the value in it. And what I was told is if you ever have to lay hands on someone, charge mm. them. Mm. Charge them. Um, because if now we're acting in a world, you know, in theory, most of the time, I, not every time, but most of the time, if you put hands on somebody, you probably have a charge, right? Not always. Yeah. A, a minimal type of charge, uh, unless yes. um, I don't know what you call it in Colorado, but like an involuntary hospitalization for like a mentally ill person that yeah. like wants to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. we no, we've not... done that without charges, but yeah, most most of the time, I guess we have at least something to take them in for. Yeah, I mean, you may have like a Terry type thing where you don't really have a charge yet, and you might you know search somebody. Um, where you're technically touching them, but I mean like using force generally it's because they're not following an order or you have something. And the advice is just to charge them because it, it may look bad on your part if you don't charge them Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, you did this. Why didn't you charge them? If you had a crime, like, are you trying to hide something that that's kind of the idea I got. Um, And Mm -hmm. I also subscribe to like, fuck them like if they're going to be an asshole and force an issue with something that's on them kind of thing and it, it's more of like a self-preservation thing that's my yeah. two cents on it i'm not i'm not <laughs> shitting on it you know but i i think it's one of those things where i i don't like when cops get pigeonholed into having to do the same thing every time because i think that takes the human element out of it mm-hmm. but i think it's also something you got to be aware of right where it's like well, hey, this guy did the same exact thing and you didn't charge him. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. food for thought for all the millions of listeners out there. I'm not, again, I'm not <laughs> shitting on exactly on what you did. It's just something to think about. And remember my legal disclaimer, don't fuck something up, up count on me. I'm just something to think about. Yeah, and that was kind of the comments on the local like news page that published it. It was like, well, if it happened to a normal everyday person that they would have been charged and it's not technically true with stuff i've dealt with but most of the time if i put my hands on someone i may not arrest them but um they're getting like a citation or whatever for the same type of charges so where we work um you don't have to arrest unless it's a warrant or a restraining order violation but you can always give them paperwork for the same charge and they just show up at court at a coupon mm-hmm, coupon yeah. citation. We call it a summons. Um, so we have arrests. Yeah, so they don't get, they're in not custody in cuffs. They don't go or, in cuffs. They get to yeah. go out. But Arrest they... is in cuff, cuffs. A summons is, you know, they still get to walk free, but they have a court They date. have a date for court. Yeah. So 
we can always do that, but I chose to do neither. But at the I same guess. time, there's also like their balance. I mean, there are other people will be like, oh, sorry. Oh, chief. Oh, you know, I didn't know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and kind of um, back down. And he didn't back down, but yeah, like, could he? Yeah, you know, I knew he was the chief charges? and he's, I still pulled the taser. That was kind of the main, main he part of the story. He didn't treat him like, <laughs> you know, any, he didn't give him any specialty or favoritism in that regard, at least. But yeah, I can see what you're saying too. It's a good point. Well, I mean, it's, it's always easier to look at it afterwards when I'm not in the moment or anything. And again, I, I'm i sure there's been times where I probably should have charged somebody and it didn't. It's just one of those things. I mean, discretion is, you know, it's yours to use as you as you see fit. So, But the bottom line is that at least this dude is hopefully no longer employed anywhere. Uh, no, I think he's technically retired. Mm. Okay. Yeah, living his best life, probably making a lot more money than me still on retirement. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you imagine working for a dude like that? I oh, mean, yeah, how fucking cool. awful would that be? <laughs> it would be terrible. Yeah. So we got we got some Jerry Springer-esque moments out of this yeah. podcast so far. <laughs> I think it's now time for the stupid questions, which I will ask both of you. Yes. Are you ready? I, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> born ready mm-hmm. who wants to go first you know what i'll, I'll do them back and forth oh yeah. ladies always come first uh, oh yeah or they don't at all yeah, um, i know yeah <laughs> i mean it, it, it usually takes more than 30 to 45 seconds but <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, why what? you uh that's why you warm up first i'm just saying so <laughs> we'll start with you angelica Mm. what is the stupidest thing you ever did as a rookie dispatcher oh god stupidest thing um i should have come prepared for this thought um and there's funny stupid and then there's like fuck i fucked up stupid you know so i mean i overthink everything i'm kind of a chick that way so um you know there's like yeah yeah some days (laughs) jesus (laughs) <laughs> You're not getting laid tonight. Hey. Um tuck that sack back. Oh gosh. I mean, there's a lot Picture of bad choices. choices I've made. I mean, it's from like, you know, you people come in and you know, small departments are asking for directions. What do you mean you people? Oh, what did I say? Oh, I don't remember. You said you trying. people. Oh. Racist. Uh. <laughs> No, I guess there's like so many va- there's so many uh, different variations of stupid things that I've done uh, or people that I've done. Um, <laughs> Did but- <laughs> you say people that you've done? Yeah. Hey, I you just- know what? You don't always hit home runs. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Look at me. <laughs> I like that. I mean, you know, there's people that come into our department because they're looking for directions. And I remember like giving somebody, I, I had absolutely no idea how to get them where they need to go. And I just gave them something and I was hoping for the best that they wouldn't come back. Um, I'm like, oh, I don't know where I just sent them. Um, <laughs> but good luck. Um, to- We've all done that. Second to last left. And then you, as they leave, you pull out and leave also. <laughs> yeah, like call it a day. I <laughs> have all like- done that though. Yeah, yeah second, second to last left. That's what you tell everyone. I was so naive. I, I, I'm thinking of another time where I, um, it was overnight and I, I guess I must have fallen asleep, but we had a doorbell and I heard it. But the problem was, is that 
it looked like someone was leaving, not coming in. And so that means they probably saw me sleeping at the desk. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified, didn't know what to do. And I ended up telling my chief, and I think I was just dreaming the whole time. <laughs> but I admitted to the chief that I fell asleep. So that wasn't really, I was pretty stupid. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's better to, <laughs> like, to admit it. Yeah, I've had like 19 years. I mean, there's a lot of stupid shit I've done, that's for sure. As his first things that come to mind. Sorry if that was probably anticlimactic for you, but oh no, I was like, all right, well now you got to tell us the worst things. Hmm. What's the worst thing that just came to your mind? The first thing that came to my mind is like not. Um, I remember there was a man down in the middle of the road. Um, one of our selectmen in town was calling nine one one, telling me the location. And we have one of those fucked up towns where we have like a first Ave and a first drive, say, or something like that, you know? So it's only just a different extension on the street. Yeah. And so I'm trying to determine where they are. And, and um, this selectman didn't even have it right, but I could Did have. Did you try it. the second left? Yeah, I should have. Second to last left. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so... I should have as a, a good dispatcher I said, okay, well, what's around you? Because she was, that's a selectman was panicking. This person unresponsive in the middle of the roadway. And I should have been like, well, what's near you, which would have been the town hall. Um, but I brought my officers to practically the other side of town. And yet we are pretty much right next to the town hall. <laughs> so I eventually corrected myself. Um, but I already had officers going in the wrong direction. I had a man down, but. That was kind of stupid. Well, yeah. You're describing a small town. I don't know why you didn't tell them to put up like a smoke signal and the officers would find him, you know? I'm not going to lie. We have we had horns still <clears throat> for like first up. I know. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> All the voices. They were literally at the end of our street. <laughs> but it was just, it was bad. It was like early on in my career. It was pretty stupid. Yeah. Buster. Yes. Buston. <laughs> Buster. What is the- <laughs> Whatever. What is your rookie mistake? What's the stupidest thing you did as a rookie? Um, so it's kind of a series of things. Um, I was big, Yeah, I was big into OUIs, which eventually got me into DRE school, which we can talk about later if you want. But I was pulling everybody out of the car to do field sobriety tests. <laughs> everyone. Like, <laughs> like if I if I smelt a hint of anything, like even hand sanitizer, which one actually ended up being that's a true story. I was pulling up field sobriety tests. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my stupid rookie mistake. Did you get to talking to you about that? Um, no. <laughs> I eventually learned <laughs> that um, not everybody that drinks is drunk. Interesting. I yeah. remember that line. <laughs> it's a good line. Yeah. I didn't I only worked um the midnight shift for maybe like three or four months. Um so most of mine were on the evening shift, which around where I work is a lot harder to do than in a city like you worked. But the midnight shift for the four months or five months that I worked it, I was getting like one every every like two or three days. Just because that's, that's what bad. I was looking. And we have a pretty major highway that runs through. So I would always be up there just looking for them, looking for anything. Did you just say your shift was a lot harder than his shifts? In a no, a lot, no, a lot harder to 
get OUIs in a town, ah, town that I work in compared to, you know what? Like, it probably has like 90 bars <laughs> compared to places that has like four bars. <laughs> well, I, I want to say that I don't like this competition between police departments kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I, I hate that stuff. And I have a good buddy that does it. Ben! Um, <laughs> Thank you. I love you, pal. Thanks for your service. I don't care if you tell and me. I'm not going to gonna lie. It. it happens a lot um, where we are, sadly, because they are all, a lot of them, a lot of the agencies all have different academies, which I think is kind of BS. I've um, lived in other states where, you know, all of anyone in the environmental police, corrections, like, you name it, they all start in the same place. And it puts everyone in the same kind of expectation. It's just that whether, you know, if you're state police, maybe you go in the academy a little longer um, versus environmental police, but you all start with the same training. We're so different around here that everyone does like have this kind of, we don't personally, like the municipal towns, but Corrections is looked at completely different. State police is looked at completely different. It's unfortunately separated, which I don't like, you know. I yeah, like, I, I don't like, you know, I don't like measuring penises to begin with. And yeah. that's for different reasons. But with law enforcement, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's just like, stop. Just fucking stop. Like, well, I my department does this. My department just. Yeah, they're all different. In the, in some aspects, they're better than others. In some aspects, they suck. Like the, the perfect example, the easy example is like a big city. It's like, yeah, I run call to call to call to call. Okay, but you don't do investigations. You don't know how to file a case. If something big happens, you call somebody else and they handle it for you. Where, yeah, maybe in Mayberry, which isn't really Mayberry. Cops in little towns get killed all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have backup right away. They investigate all of their crimes. There isn't a detective to call to come save them. So it's there's like this this trade off, and it's just like shut the fuck up. You wear the badger, you don't. Just stop. Stop. And dispatching, you kind of get the same thing too, because um, in the smaller towns, we're dispatching everything and and giving directions to people in the lobby or helping them fill out their like LTC, the license to carry, or something else. Then you have other dispatchers at a regional center where they're just filtering calls like and they're not um triaging calls you know to the sense of providing emergency medical dispatch or or you know i mean we're we're literally taking them on call and we're dispatching police fire ems to that call and everything else in between taking the business line and never once in all the dispatch conferences that i ever took that anyone was just like you know treated we all were the same we all equally just we were just so shocked oh you do this too or oh this is what your center looks like and we share ideas and thoughts and experiences we never at least in my experiences i've never kind of like said oh well i'm better than you or because i experienced more than you do you only dispatch for fire or something like that but yeah since we're we're talking dispatch things not to put you on the spot but what are your thoughts <laughs> Do you think dispatchers should be considered first responders? Absolutely. And there's, I understand like many different sides of it, but I'll tell you, um, you know, I've been through some tough calls. I talked about it earlier briefly. And um, as much as we're not literally on scene, we are on scene. We have, and right now they're changing 911. It's already in the works. It's just a matter of time where we're going to see video. And so it's, uh, and I, I'm getting like 
probably hives thinking about like some of the calls that I've had that I had to visualize what's going on because I need to make sure my officers or my responder, you know, fire or ambulance are safe. I need to de-escalate a call as much as possible. I am their first, I am, or as a dispatcher, we're the first person technically, you know, we're on scene, but we're not physically there. But there's so much of us that are there. Sometimes like what our, what people convey to us is nothing that's going on. And, and this is like in funny ways and not so funny ways. Like, you know, so what we're given for information, we have to decipher and figure out and we have to, so we're the first ones to respond. Um, you know, but if you're looking at the technical person who's step, put boots, their boots to the scene and they're there, I get it, but you're not looking at the entire picture as a team it first starts with a call generally, you know, unless, you know, officer comes upon something or whatever, but, um, so yeah, we don't get the same retirement. We don't get the same privileges or, or, you know, and then and again, it's not like we're like, you know, Hey, we're over here. I don't, you know, like trying to cause a scene because we want all these things, but it should only just be fair. Um, you know, some people we talk to think we're the ones that are actually in the car driving to get them, to help them. We're not. We have to be like, no, I'm, I'm not. They're like, hurry up. I'm like, I'm not the one coming. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's still, there's still legislation. Some states have um, adopted that, but it hasn't been a complete whole national um, thing. So, again, I, I don't. Well, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. I'm no, sorry. no, I was just going to say it. I think that's where it benefits any anyone in the field, any officers to be a dispatcher, to try it, to see what we're doing, what we had to see. You know, yeah, there's down times. Yeah, there's like, you know, but that there's some crazy times where we have to multitask and negotiate what is going on here. We're crisis negotiators. We're, we're all these things and wrapped up in one. And we're the first person to determine what is going on at that moment. So whether it's on scene or that call, I think that to me is a first responder. We're giving medical advice. We're giving we're crime scene protection. We're, um, you know, there's so many things that we're trained and responsible to do now than ever before. And then when all is said and done, all they hear is we're clear. We'll take an incident report or we'll take an arrest report. And, we never and they're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and they have yeah. no idea. <laughs> and he's referring to incidents where like, I got a female calling 911 and it sounds like a domestic and she's in fear for her life. And next thing you know, she's the one being arrested and we have no idea what's going on, but except what well, one female in custody. I'm like, what just happened? She's the one that called being the victim. So yeah, I mean the scene, that's where I was saying the scene can be drastically different from what we're being told and we have to try to convey that so um without being able to see it and I, I don't i don't mean to sound apathetic about it mm -hmm. but like i know some people get really wrapped up in that whole debate and my yeah. whole thing on it is why do you care what somebody else is labeled as you know like why is there this crazy ownership about it i you know, like I, I think it was with Mo and Dispatcher Mo back in season one, we were talking about it. And why, like as a cop, if you're like, no, I don't want dispatchers to be first responders, what effect does that have on you at all? Mm -hmm. As 
literally no effect on you at all. And it's just one of those things where it's like, why would you care if somebody else got better pay or benefits or better retirement? Like, why do you care? It, it drives me nuts. Like there, I, I probably used this example before it's been a while, but they, they shorten what is happening back there. There's like some oh, heavy said- breathing. Oh, <laughs> no, we just sat down. It's funny. This microphone is probably extremely strong. Jeez. Yeah. But you know, like- it's, it's so true. And honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, my whole heart and I've been, I've been around the country with different conferences with dispatchers, speaking with different people, um, learning about the legislation and different things. I got really involved because I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, live in a small town, I'm a sheltered. I want to know what the, how the other half lives. Right. But, um, we are, we are, we are looking out for our officers on the road. Like we, uh, you know, when we hear officer down, like we're trying to get them to save their life, like on the other end, like, and that tears me up to ever think about that. And I thank God I have not been in that situation, but it still scares me to death. We have you guys back just as much as an officer standing next to you, you know? And like, um, why wouldn't we be included? Why wouldn't it be considered part of the team? And that's why wouldn't we, you know, be able to have the opportunity for the same benefits? We have extensive training, continuous certifications, constant in service. We're doing all these things, you know, like, it's just, you know, yeah, like why would it affect other people outside of it? So yeah, it makes it's a it's a good point. Yeah, it's one of those things that we need all of the pieces for it to work, right? Exactly. Like, yes, am I gonna make dispatcher jokes? Fuck yeah. Am I gonna make fire jokes? Yes. I <laughs> yes. Make... I honestly, most of my jokes are fucking cop jokes. You know, like everybody's like, oh, you're being mean to security guards. It's like, I literally did ninety memes this week about how stupid cops are (laughs) like calm down it's a joke but yeah i i just i don't know like and there's always the example of where people take it too far right and they like make it into something it's not and it's like we need each other for this to work and if we don't have all of the pieces it doesn't work so just shut the fuck up do your job stop i don't know measuring your dick or whatever you have Pickle. What is the, that whiskey that's called? Pickle, pickle, pickle dick, dick whiskey. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, it is what it is. All right. We need to get back on track. I know. I appreciate you bringing that up though. We're going to keep the, you know what? We talked to dispatch for a little while. So we're going to, we're going to reverse the order here. Switch yeah. back, but bussin, no cap. <laughs> what is some, whatever. So much what is something you wish you knew as a young man that you know now? Jeez, these are, the these are like deep questions you were excited about this part no not this part mm. <laughs> okay uh repeat the question oh good god fucking pay attention you drunk <laughs> <laughs> what is something you wish you knew as a young man but you know it now as a young man like how old are you talking <laughs> <laughs> still haven't found it <laughs> i don't think it exists it's like that Taurus. It's a mystery. <laughs> like Taurus. G spot is kind of, Clint's pretty easy. G spot's tough. No, zero or easy. <laughs> one, I'm not big enough. Two, I don't know where the one think is. You're <laughs> I, think, I think you're quite, you're quite good. But whatever. I, yeah, Something but. I wish I knew as a young man that I don't now. Um, no, that you know now. Yeah, not that you don't now. That you know oh, now. Um, I wish you knew. Um, learn how to like build and 
like do electrical work and plumbing and stuff. Does that is, is that good? Is it supposed That's to be really fucking good? Yeah, it doesn't have to be related to. Like, learn how to do like household building type of stuff, like so you don't have to hire people to do it. That would save me so much money, but you know how to do that yeah. now, or you wish you knew that. No, like I can build outside stuff, but I'm not going to touch the inside of the house. He he can follow direct. He, he's not, he's one person that will not get impatient about following directions. You know the stereotypical um, complaint about women um, from women about men is they don't follow directions or they'll read directions last if anything at all. He'll he'll lay it out. He can build anything, um, you know that kind of thing. And he's he's we um, have a little bit of a little farm in our property, and he's like made the coops out of just kind of looking at other designs, and so he's pretty good. Yeah. So, like electrical stuff, plumbing stuff, building stuff, maybe doing like hardwood floors, that kind of stuff, mm. painting. Um, learn how to do that, and it'll save you a lot of money. Okay. So you didn't really like follow the directions on this because you said that you knew. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> move on. I I was gonna ask though. So you guys do have um? You guys have like chickens and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, chickens and ducks. ducks. Do they yeah. sound like this? Yeah. Oh, that's a pterodactyl. <laughs> Hundred percent pterodactyl. Jurassic Park. <laughs> that is right. Pterodactyl. It's a fucking velociraptor, you dumb shit. It's not a falcon. A velociraptors are the size of chickens. In case you're wondering, that's that's why I fucking played the noise, ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> not like Jurassic Park velociraptors. I don't like know. real life just... velociraptors. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So hopefully you can get this question right. Mm. Same question. Same question. What is something you know now mm -hmm. that you didn't know before that you wish you knew before? You get more respect from other people when you just approach what's on your mind. Don't be afraid of conflict. Don't be afraid of what someone others, other people's opinions are of you. Um, I was always just kind of like a yes person. And, and you know, growing up a, a little bit, I had to. I had to be the kind of person in the background. Um, but I was always afraid to speak my mind or speak about what I felt. And um, when I entered into becoming dispatching and law enforcement, you know, I remember being a cadet and we had um, July 4th festivities right and i was in did you say july 4th month. activities july 4th <laughs> it's, july 4th. it's coming out it's coming out july 4th yeah. activities I was, back at the garden <laughs> i was in charge i was in charge how about the socks on july 4th <laughs> oh my fucking god and the duncan's guy guy okay, bro bro no, and I was going to say, too, I, I was in charge of packing cars. No, I'm just <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> oh. oh, God. So I, re I, um, I remember uh, I was telling people that the parking lot was full. And I'm apologizing to the cars going by because they were like, they were, <laughs> they were, you know, pissed off that I, you know, the parking lot was full. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> and so why are you even laughing at me? You're supposed to be like on my side. <laughs> it's certain words. Anyways, 
and he was he was the first person to say to me he just recently retired and he said um quit saying you're sorry just tell them the parking lot is full and move on and i was like it was, i started to learn the importance of the fact that you can be assertive you can be um upfront and but and still be respectful to people it didn't mean that if you were that way you were a bad person or that you um you know, we're not going to be treated respectfully. I felt like I learned that there's a balance to all of that. And a lot of in, in law enforcement gave me that permission. And I needed that permission to be that way. Now, sometimes I'm probably a little too assertive, but, <laughs> but no, yeah. So I would say like to my younger self, like, it's okay. Like speak up. Do if you can still be respectful and kind to other people, but don't be afraid to tell what's on your mind, ask the questions, be straightforward and tell people no, if that's the answer. Matt Damon. <laughs> you, you could never play Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> what is blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. You know, and to piggyback on that a little bit, uh, I think there's a balance on the way that you can have conversations with people. And I think, not to toot my own horn, but I guess I'm going to toot my own horn. I didn't always get it right. And there was definitely some people that were like, no, fuck you, buddy, when I was on the job. But I felt like there's definitely a way where you can be assertive and not a dick. And I think yeah. some people miss that boat. Now, there's some people you cannot please, right? Like, I, I'm a big believer in, I know you like yelling at old ladies, bussin', no cap. <laughs> but <laughs> no cap. <laughs> no cap bet but <laughs> I, I i really tried to solve things without it it escalating didn't always work but there's a balance right and it is yeah. tough to find sometimes so for sure because you, you're either a pushover or you're too harsh and it's like a very thin line to walk to kind of balance that i usually let the other person dictate how i'm going to react if they want to be a dick, then I'll be twice as much of a dick. But you're still like, you're never as much that you're disrespectful, though. Like, you're fair. And I think that. Yeah, stuff like, that I'll never done. violate their rights or anything. But if they want to be an asshole, I'll be an asshole yeah, right gonna, back to them and, and just gonna say what I'm going to say. I, I won't kiss their ass. And I See, think that's that what I did at the end of my career. I wasn't like that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, me neither, me because I didn't really know how to talk to people. <laughs> I mean, to you now. I was gonna say personally, I mean, not really. I'm with the dispatcher. So. Hey, uh, <laughs> Jesus! You tested me. Lucky. He reminds me that often. Um, <laughs> but I'll just add to what when I was thinking about being on the road, and when I told you earlier that I was like, "Wow, I'm petite. Like, how is you know I'm gonna be next to an officer who's six feet tall, two hundred pounds plus, you know, or whatever? How is that? How am I intimidating? It was my communication." It was like, that's how it's going to, if I show confidence, communication, leadership, those type of things, you know, people expect us to have control of a situation. If we don't, if we lose that control at any point in time, that's, that's, you know, going to go downhill one way or the other. So it's, it's communication is so important in what we do, not just your physical aspect of it. Yes. I make sure I'm trained in how to protect myself in, in defensive tactics and all these other things, but as a good shooter, because I. Did better shooting with you on the no. yeah. Anyways, um, but 
either way I digress but you know what I mean like it's true like that part really is important <laughs> yeah the walls were painted oh <laughs> <laughs> we're dancing after this we're gonna go to bed you're gonna what <laughs> relive night one okay oh, god <laughs> okay it was like evil <laughs> it's not good graphic <laughs> you still call me by my like my all right this is he's like are you gonna wear the dispatcher ponytail i'm like no <laughs> anyways yeah mm. all right spiraling mm -hmm. spiraling out of control all right yeah gotta get gotta get the reins on this yep, yep. bring it back in santa all right <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that had no business being as funny as it was. Oh god. Okay. Angelica. Mm, yes, what sir. is the proudest moment of your career? Oof. Yeah. Um yeah, I know. I know. I know. Texting. That, texting that text could be the proudest moment. For sure. I think um, bringing attention, um, there's a couple of things. There's been, um, I know I've received, um, uh, there was a gentleman that, um, I got an I one call from his wife. He wasn't breathing. She did not want to do CPR. Should have thought about maybe we shouldn't be investigating that a little further. Why she didn't, but he had a heart attack. Um, she wasn't comfortable with CPR. Um, thank God we were able to get officers there on scene quickly and an AD. Um, the guy came in and I got to meet him, and we don't get ever get to see that. And he thanked me. The, so the moments that we sometimes we get a thank. Um, you know, I was able to help be part of saving a baby from choking um, because of intervening. Um, where it got complicated in a call. So there's just the moments, those little breaks and moments where you know you're actually doing something and helping someone because we don't generally get to know what happened. And then the other part is kind of a little bit. <laughs> oh, go on. I, I hit the applause too soon. Go no, on. that's good. I was just going to say a little part that's part of what I do is dispatching, but also part of what I do on the other side of things is um, because of another passion I have, I was able to allow people to understand a little bit what dispatchers do on the civilian side of things. And it brought um, some good attention and positive um, feedback and hearing people's stories of um, how we can help them that they didn't realize that, you know, really what we do that I had a, a part in that. I guess I'll just without going into too much detail, I don't really know. But, I have a 0% yeah. success rate on EPR. <laughs> Thank you. Can I can I tell a CPR story? Did yeah. you it's did not, you did you win? Good. No. <laughs> um. So you're like me. It was. Did uh, they puke it in your was, mouth? Oh, no. It was. <laughs> sound disappointed. Well, okay. I'm not. It's you know, it's like one of those things. It usually when I did the job, it was you just kind of did it and and maybe there weren't 
as many emotions. It was just like I don't want to say robotic, but but I, I tried not to be emotional. Like every once in a while, you had like you know like a, a kid or something that you got angry or sad mm-hmm. or whatever. But but for the most part, it was pretty like, all right, I just got this is what I have to do kind of thing. Like very focused. And I took a call. It wasn't even in my beat where it was like a you know a nine one one unknown kind of thing. And I get there, and it's this apartment, this fucking shitty apartment complex, and these people let me in and I I'd been on a call with them before and they're not very mobile to say the least. And it wasn't one of them, which kind of surprised me. And they said, Oh yeah, there's this girl in back. She's not looking so good. So I go back there and there's a fucking dead chick on the floor. <laughs> and, you know, so I start, you know, doing CPR and stuff cause she's still warm. And it was weird because it was one of those moments where I kind of like looked at her and I was like, she's like my fucking age you know what i mean <laughs> like it's like what the fuck this is fucked up right uh so i you know i did cpr the paramedics took her and i i was pretty sure she was dead i had no um no hope that she had lived and then um the sarge got there and he went and talked to the paramedics they're like hey they got a pulse now they just got a pulse back you you brought her back and i was like mm. really excited about it like i was like holy shit this is cool man um, you know, even though this person probably had made very poor life decisions based on where they were at, I was like, you know what, maybe this, this could be a moment for them, right? Like, this is cool. Like, this is why we become cops. Uh, a couple days later, I got a phone call from the corner, just wanting to know some details. It's like, fuck. Oh, I, oh, oh. <laughs> I, gonna, I was gonna do that, like, give your own applause. No, no, I mean, still, so you didn't get a life saving award. They were writing it up, and then they got the phone call, and they deleted it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Wait, where's the sad trombone? Oh, I might have that one, too. <laughs> he knows them all too well. Um, I had a question for you based on that. Okay. Apart- apartment complexes in a city. Do you guys have, like, a like a key card that gets you into all of them or do you just like ring every single bell (laughs) so when when we when we go to like apartment places in in the place i work i just ring every single bell hoping somebody will let me in um what did you guys do in a bigger city well you have the key to the city right (laughs) we don't have anything like that do you know what i mean by that i have no idea what you mean (laughs) i might have to tell you off air with is that like the yes you do the ram is that the ram well i'll just put it this way if especially these apartment complexers complexers i was wondering (laughs) i didn't know that was a term like a suplex yeah um benjamin trust does it but i uh All right, I'm just going to say it. Nobody cares. A knife, a pocket knife. I got so good into breaking into buildings with pocket knives. Like credit card. <laughs> I'm not good at that. I've tried. I'm, I'm good. There, but I mean, there are some that you just can't. You can't get. Yeah, into like if it's they're, Deadpool. They're, 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 yeah, a Deadpool is properly done. Yeah, that's, that's all you can do. Um, You know, try and call and have somebody open it. Oh, the on the fire department, they have the key to everything, don't they? Yeah, but they are probably sleeping, so you don't want to wake them up. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, I always wondered about that. Why the fucking fire department got keys 
but we didn't. Mm. It, it made it made no sense. Because um, they save lives. That's their only intent. Because yeah, we've been to domestics before, and there's been people like in the in the lobby sitting around. They're like, "We're not letting you in," and I'm like, "Let me in, or I'm breaking this fucking window out, and I'm <laughs> I'm letting myself in." And at that point, they'll let me in, but. It, like if they didn't let me in, yeah. I would be breaking a window. Plus, and I didn't know. If, I didn't know if in like a city that you worked in, wherever the hell you worked, if you guys had like a key card that let no. you into every apartment building. If no. there was like some bylaw or something that made you no. guys do. We we if we had issues getting into a certain like there was some apartment complexes I'd never fucking been to because there's no never any calls. But if there were places we regularly had calls, we usually like knew how to get inside or, you know, we tried to like update. So we had like a manager's contact or we had a way to get inside. It, it always worked its way in way its way out. I remember there was one time a shitty apartment complex that I always could break into fix their doors. And so I couldn't get into it. And uh, somebody <laughs> knocked on a window and a guy fucking pulled a gun. Cause he thought he was getting broken into, you know? <laughs> so there's that aspect you got to be careful of but yeah. no i just it always kind of worked its way it's worked itself out you just you figured a way to get in i don't know that's kind of how how we've been also but we're like dude what if like there's some shit going down somewhere and we can't get in but there's other we're gonna, I've we're worked, gonna be smashing shit <laughs> i've worked with other agencies throughout my years i mean i'm not just the one agency we're at right now but and we had like a whole master key like lockbox in dispatch so the officer would have to come back, come to the station, find the master key to be able to go into that particular housing complex. Oh, so, I mean, not, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've had that, but every, every time somebody got evicted, they would change around the lock so they couldn't get back in. Mm -hmm. So it just didn't work out. Yeah. Like I felt like most of the times when they had a key code for you, it was always wrong. It never worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just so. find hitting, hitting a bunch of buttons and saying, Hey, it's the police. We're here for a call. Can you let me in? And a lot of most people, someone will buzz you in. Yeah. So that's usually what I've done. Hmm. So to get back on track here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Bussin'. Bussin'. Cheese. <laughs> uh, what is even the she's thing? I don't even know where it came from. I just heard my kids say it one day. I'm like, What is that? And they're like, I don't know. It's just a thing that we say is she. I heard I don't you're, even supposed know to, you're supposed to put like two fingers at the like crook of your arm, like you're injecting heroin, basically, but you're injecting awesomeness into yourself. That's like, it's so cool. What? You're, like, you're busting. Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. I don't know. That's what his like 12 year old niece told him. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. That boy mm -hmm. ain't right. Um, okay. Old. What is, the what is the proudest moment of your career? She <laughs> um it happened early on. I was still on probation and we had um this elderly person call saying her like granddaughter and her friend stole a bunch of money and like coins and that kind of stuff. They were super junkies. Um and so we took the report, got um got their names and stuff. They both had warrants, and I was driving back to my parents' house to go take a piss. And I see them walking on the side of the road and I end up pulling over, finding them, arresting them, get a bunch of drugs and everything um, and bring them back. They both do time and she gets out and she writes me a letter saying that I saved her life and she's been clean ever since. 
and I actually found her on Facebook several years later, and she's Stalker. she's yeah. leading a normal life now, and I feel like I might have been a part of that. So that is probably the proudest moment so far. That's fucking cool, man. Well done. Yeah. Was that was that clapping cheeks or was that like you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you just keep that to your own <laughs> own thoughts. Use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it makes more like with you, buddy. <laughs> what did you say? It makes more like a rubbing sound. <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. those macaroni and cheese sounds. <laughs> Don't what what is the uh would you want your kid to be a cop mm, uh, is it my turn uh, yeah sure. sure do whatever you want you know i honestly like it goes back to just you know supporting somebody and what they want to do i think if anything i think if i was to have a child that was wanting to pursue it at least they would have be able to have my guidance his guidance and to the right path to follow and making sure they had the right mindset to enter the career. A lot of people that enter the career for the wrong reasons. Um, so I think if anything, they at least would be ensuring that somebody who is interested in the career is, is, is going in there with a good start. But I don't see why not. You know, Of course, it would be scary. But would I want my child to also fight for this country if they decided to be in the military? I'd be terrified. But at the same time, be proud. So I would want them to pursue what they want. Yes. Such Fair a girl. There. <laughs> okay. What do you think about that? She. she. <laughs> um, a city, no. But a small town or a mid-sized town, yes. Okay. Um, so like a town I work in or a couple of the surrounding towns, yes. Um, but if they went to a large city where everybody's an asshole and nobody respects anything, then I would say no. Or they I, have to go to like riots and that kind of stuff, I would say no. Again, I I don't have a whole lot of confidence in your area of the country, but maybe just those two sides. <laughs> maybe it's just those two. <laughs> right. right. He hasn't really like sold it at all. So. No. I now I thought you were gonna say deputy, and I got my music ready for that. Oh, I shot the sherry. Yeah, if they said, "Hey, that is totally different songs," I'd be like, "Yeah, you know what? You you can go work there. It's it's not too shitty of a place." I'd be like, "Yeah," and you know they're proactive. They get bad guys off the street. I'd be like, "Yeah," but if they go to like a place like New York City, where or um. What's the place in Missouri that's all over the news? Yeah, Saint we don't Lewis. have it. Kansas yeah. City. Sure. Ferguson. Ferg, yeah, Ferguson. I'd be like, no, probably not. You want to stay away from one of those places. But a smaller town, like less than, we'll say, 50,000 people, I'd be like, yeah, try it out. Law enforcement and up then, here you know is what? so if, different, If though. they don't like it there, you you put in your time and you transfer somewhere else and be like, you know what? It, this slower, slower pace is better for me. 
I was just saying, I think uh, becoming an officer in the area that we are is much different than also down south than what I've heard or in other areas or larger cities. I mean, in some places I heard years ago down south, they were like begging people to apply. They would give you, help you with transportation, traveling down here, moving down there, all this other stuff in order for you to apply where we, it's just such a different mm-hmm. thing here. So, I yeah, but you just never know. Yeah. When I was applying, I was trying everywhere and you know, everybody was applying. It was probably around, it was a couple of years after when you got on. I think it's um, harder. I was trying everywhere and, you know, there'd be 150 applicants in one position open. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's, you you apply, you're basically getting in as long as your background check checks out. So I've heard. Do you guys have any <laughs> ghost or uh, paranormal stories? Oh, God. God I love paranormal you can stuff. You can probably talk forever. I do personally, yeah. I, I, I the police department, the old police, the old station. Was the what? Like, the what? The where? <laughs> the police department. The police department. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Casper all the time over there. We were great pals. <laughs> oh gosh. I I have none. Um, like personal experiences. I have. I guess I, I believe in something. Oh. Oh, geez, that's probably really loud. <laughs> um, what the fuck was that? That was a clap. Sorry, um, that was really loud. Jesus. Let, let me give you this theory <laughs> about excited. like paranormal alien type stuff. Oh, God, I hope you're sitting down. Okay. <laughs> um, I think so. I think there's something out there, but what if there is another, like, we'll say planet where somebody else also named Buster Hyman or B- Buster Cherry, Bus and She Hyman. is doing is doing the same exact thing as we are right now. Isn't that like they've they've talked about? Yeah, yeah, the Twilight. Yeah, like, yeah. but it's not Earth. No, that's the Twilight. Yeah, has that happened? Dude, what the what the fuck was that movie with uh with Jet Li and Jason Statham? Was that the one? Never seen when, it. Oh, if I don't know what the name of the movie is, but that's basically the premise of the movie is that I want to say it's Jet Li's character is getting so powerful because he keeps killing the other versions of him in different dimensions or something. That movie's (laughs) fucking sick. Oh, we Hmm. need to look that one up. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, though. Our old apartment was uh, declared haunted, um, but I, I wasn't there at that time, but we've heard some stories. Yeah, I personally, right. I have videos. You know, like you've heard of the orbs? Like, yeah. Have you heard of what an orb is? I've heard, I've heard of those, yeah. Yeah, so I had a, um, I lived in a um, duplex and didn't trust my neighbors very much. I had cameras out in the driveway in the back. And um, one time I looked because it, uh, my n- other neighbors were like talking. So it activated like, Hey, I hit here, heard a noise. So I go and take a look and I see this orb like moving around. And I was like, Holy crap, this doesn't appear to be dust or anything. So I continued to follow each night, like check back on my videos. And there literally was this orb that would come around and it was, it was interesting. And then I have all these like clips and videos that I shared and um, where it even appeared to like stop, and change course and move around or go fast and slow. Like it was nothing that was predictable. 
um, and you could see bugs or dust and things, and this was nothing like it at all. So it was, it was pretty interesting. I, I do not like scary movies, will not watch a scary movie, but I love paranormal and like that kind of stuff. Would I do a Ouija board? No. Would I do um, anything in my own home? No, because I got to sleep here. That would freak me out. But um, I used to watch a lot of shows and just kind of love that stuff. And I'm intrigued by it for sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so you believe. I'm open-minded to it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a God-fearing woman, but um, I, don't, I, I believe that there's, you know, there's something out there too. So I think even being God-fearing woman, like being someone who believes like that there's is some kind of, oh yeah, I'm all open to that kind of stuff and crazy, crazy things for sure. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start with you, Miss. God, I always like the reason there's these long pauses because I'm like, I'm trying not to say your what name and I'm saying the mm. fake name. I thought it was Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Well, that's originally, <laughs> originally that's a thought. In your opinion, what is the best patrol car of all time? I mean, come on. Where? I mean, it, well, he thinks, he thinks, he thinks, yeah. Center mass. Yeah. <laughs> Upper center so, mass. This was always good. Backseat. Um, no, so the make sure the doors are open, the windows are down. Anyways, so <laughs> not with the I anyways, not with this one, because that would then I just whatever. I dub it. So um he he believes that when I first started, which was a trillion years ago, according to him, what was the vehicle at the time was the very old crown fix, right? No, it was that square boxy look. Yeah, but that was a Crown Vic too, wasn't when, it? No, they, they didn't even have lamps on the top. You had to like magnetize. Oh. <laughs> we have an eight year difference. So <laughs> he, for some reason, thinks that, uh, you know, I, I saw, but no, obviously the Crown Vic. I mean, and I don't understand. My father has been a Ford mechanic my whole life. I don't understand why Ford has really just kind of dwindled those out. But um, forget it. They were spacious. They were just a big tank. They were fast, they were fun, they were stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, give me a minute, hold on. Okay. <laughs> That'd be good. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they explore, yeah. I think the hybrids coming out. I mean, I don't know. I I don't see how. Just one question. Oh, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. In your opinion, <laughs> what is the best patrol car of all time? Oh, Crown Vic, 100%. <laughs> and I drove one. <laughs> well, that was settled. Went to the academy in the Crown Vic. Uh, Part-time was a Crown Vic. My first one out of the academy was a Crown Vic. But then I went to a, I think it was a Taurus um, Interceptor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was fast, but it was small. So you would hit your head when you like hey, rolled back too. in the cruiser. <laughs> and you would sit on your nuts, <laughs> but it was fast. It was the SR. It was no, it's not the SR. I know, it was some type of interceptor. S- no, they're all interceptors. That's, that's but it was like the Taurus interceptor. Oh, okay. And yeah, it, it was, was their fast, their, their sport like Taurus or something. Yeah, you would you would sit on your nuts and bang your head, but as long as you got past that, it was fine. I remember when that we were like trying to me. the mm-hmm. Chargers. I remember they brought them in the department. We got to like test drive a Charger. I was going around other communities for us to try out and it was like no one could fit into the freaking thing it was i mean i i of course could but i could i'm small crown pick 
Yeah, the Chargers were. Hundred percent. It was fun. For they need to need to make a all wheel drive Crumbit. Yeah. Well, we got to get them to bring him back first. That's the first. No, what? I don't understand the. Pro- I don't understand. They got rid of all their cars. Like the only, their whole point was like just to keep the Mustang and. I know. I well, think that's and it. then there's the abomination of the fucking Mustang SUV. The fuck is that? God. That's not a Mustang. Is that Mustangs, the electric one? Mustangs suck in general, but that is just like a more sucky Mustang. You know, the Mustang is a poor man's sports car, and yeah. I had a Mustang and I loved it. And then I had kids and I got rid of it. So I I do mm-hmm. have a little a little oh. place in my heart for the Mustang. Now is the most important time of the podcast. Like literally, no one cares about anything that we've talked about. They don't care about. You almost tasting a chief. They don't care about the SRO drama. They don't care about any of it. Mm. What they want to know, and we're going to start with you. She's, she's, she's. Have you ever shit your pants? Oh, um, so, right. so I, I have, I have, um, two and a half stories, I guess, if, mm. if you have time. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for All right. it. So I told you before, um, coming back that my dog was in the vet and, I texted you when I got back home saying I was shitting. I thought I shit my pants on the way here. Nothing touched <laughs> cotton. So it doesn't count. <laughs> I was pissing. I thought something leaked out, but nothing leaked. So yeah. that's kind of null and void. That's so like attractive. <laughs> um, last summer or two summers ago, I was um, getting my camper ready for a trip and I farted. And something leaked out. But I was like, oh, no, <laughs> and as I'm walking, getting the camper ready, I feel my cheeks starting to squeak. And, <laughs> and I go into the bathroom and, you know, you do that little wipe and you're like, oh, fuck, there's shit all over the toilet paper. And <laughs> like that liquid shit. <laughs> you do that, you do a little courtesy wipe. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it leaked out. So. I got that one, but I got a funny story or a funnier story. I've never loved um, you more than I do right now. <laughs> I was I was hunting and I was next to a stream and I'm like, shit, I got I gotta take a dump. <laughs> so, oh, please um, be an aqua dump. Please be an aqua dump. Please be an aqua dump. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, you take the- a, a shit in the body of water. So, oh yeah, technically, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you're when you're hunting around here for certain animals, you have to wear like a big orange vest. And it had like a pocket in the ch- in the chest area. So I put my phone in the chest area and you know, I squat down, I take the shit and in the water? In the water or next to the water, I can't mm. remember. Ah. Um, no, it was it was it was it landed on a rock actually. Oh because this is part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, hunters are always prepared. I have my toilet paper, paper towels or whatever. I start wiping. And as I lean forward oh to God. wipe, oh my phone falls oh. into the stream I'm sitting next to. And I'm like, fuck. So I lean down, I grab my phone. And as I come back, I fall backwards. And I sit in the, in the shit that I just took. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, is it shit in your pants? No, but I think that might count. Shit on your pants, <laughs> not in it, but it was on it. So, yeah, and I got shit all over my butt. You know he was preparing for this question. <laughs> he didn't prepare for all the deeper, important ones. This is the only one he prepared for. Very well. Very good. So, those are my stories. Yeah. All right. 
no pressure for you, Angelica, but beat that. Tell us about how you've shit your There's no possible way I could beat it. And honestly, I know that's had to have happened like an accident, but I don't recall I was anywhere like too public. Like if it, that I, that I couldn't have just been home or whatever. I'm trying to like slowly it's coming back. I might've tried to just burn it from my brain so that I would never have to think about it. I know that there's been times where, you know, like I said, in dispatching, we often have no relief, so we can't go to the bathroom when we need to. So I'm hoping to hold it, but I know there's times where you're like, you're begging to please be able to have the opportunity to, to sneak away and go to the bathroom. Um, I don't know a particular incident, but I, I do. I think I, re, I think I recall at one point I might have, and I had to take my underwear off and just put it in my pocket. Why would you put it in your pocket? <laughs> well, you How know, you, valuable you is this underwear? <laughs> well, I, I really love the underwear. You ever seen um, how expensive I, girls' underwear is? What's yeah. it look I like? I buy a six pack for three dollars. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say like a guy's underwear. It's like. No big financial loss. Like I shit through it. All right, I'm tossing. No, it's, it's not it's a big quite, deal. Quite an expense. It's an important decision when I'm going to get, choose my underwear. Um, but no, like I was in the bathroom having to rinse off, like clean it, and then. But I yeah, I remember, but I don't know where I was, what I was doing, but I remember at one point I had to like put it under the sink, the underwear under the sink to clean it a little bit, and I don't know if it was just that time of the month stuff or shitting. Gross. So. God, why did you say that? I know. Uh, you asked, and that's what you <laughs> Yeah, that's not what I asked about, though. I know, I, I know, know, but I can't recall of us. I think I blocked anything else, but I don't pass. You're disgusting. Okay, you just shit <laughs> on yourself, okay? Yeah, the, the time of the month is way grosser than shitting on yourself. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. saying. Yeah. Because I mean, it makes no sense that we just have blood that just randomly comes out. Well, not randomly. Can we end this conversation right now? <laughs> Girls are disgusting. Period. That. Oh! Anyways, you yeah, know, I thought I thought for sure the name of the podcast was going to be she's. But that line, I think, is the, name Girl, of the podcast. Is... Girls are disgusting. Period. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. On that note, Bussin, do you yes. have any imparting words of wisdom for the millions of listeners? Go catch bad guys. Can you say that one more time? Go catch bad guys. <laughs> That's like the best fucking one there's been. Like people have been like, oh, my mental health and take care of yourself and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No, fuck that shit. Catch <laughs> fuck bad off. guys. Fuck off. <laughs> Give your guys. balls a tug, you tit fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Give your balls a tug, you tit fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Angelica. But see, I would have something warm and fuzzy, but I'll try not to do that. No, uh, dude, you know what? Warm and fuzzy is fine. Do, do your thing. This is this is your 15 minutes of fame. You tell the millions of listeners some imparting words of wisdom. So much out there. I just don't let don't let the noise crowd your judgment. 
on your job. Just do something that you'll be proud of and that your kids will be proud of. Don't let the man drag you down. Don't let School the man rock. drag you <laughs> Yeah. You know, and when you're burnt out, just fucking own it. You're burnt out. Like, own it. Because you're not making anything better for yourself or anybody around you, but the people that you actually came into this job to help. So just, um, but yeah, don't listen to the noise. I like that. It's not as good as catching bad guys, but no, yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I think they're at some point and I don't know when or where, but I probably should do a podcast on burnout. Because I, I think burnout, it clouds judgment. It makes people do things they wouldn't normally do. So there's uh, probably some things people. What is that? The St. Bernard's back? What's, what's happening? Oh, no, we're not doing anything. Are you sure? You know, <laughs> at first I was like, oh, it's just them moving their phone. But now I'm getting awful suspicious of something else was going on this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> little tug inappropriate inappropriate <laughs> activity on my podcast well, well I, I hope you don't have to, have to <laughs> hear weird sounds but no we're, i don't know what it would be but no burnout and to recognize what it is right because we all just think oh yeah we've been trained on this crap over and over and over and over again like stress and blah 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 like it's bullshit but what is really people like what is real burnout and when to like you know, because then there's just like, well, you pass it off, whatever. I mean, it, it's a good, it's a good conversation and it, burnout can happen to any one of us. Dispatchers very much included. We're sick of the BS and, from people that we have to deal with these calls. Um, it's just. That's why you got to learn to build shit and be an electrician or a plumber. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that would be my advice to any young man listening to the podcast. I mean, follow your dreams. If you want to be a cop, be a cop. But remember, the world's always going to need plumbers and electricians and carpenters and all of this shit well guys i thank you very much for your time this evening this was a lot of fun i was sober and i had fun that's three in a row i've done sober and it was fun it's good it's good for you disappointing that the world is fun without liquor i just i I (laughs) thought it one way and i guess i was wrong (laughs) no it's been great it's been great to be uh, talk with you and yeah Well, you guys know what to do. Support those sponsors of the podcast. Tell a friend. Be a monthly donor. Buy some merch. All those awesome things you guys do to make this thing possible. With that said, remember, cheers! And I love most of you. (laughs) Bye-bye.